All right, when I was younger, starting when I was very young, uh, I was a big video game fan. So, you know, seven years old, get my Nintendo, start playing my Nintendo for hours on end, moves up to like the Sega Genesis, and then PlayStation came out. And I don't know if you remember when the PlayStation came out, but it was a big deal because the graphics were so lifelike, right? And of course, if you look at the PlayStation then compared to what's out now, it's no comparison. But at the time, we're like, oh man, these graphics are great. And the first game I got was NASCAR 98. I'm a big NASCAR fan, all right? Uh, And there's an option on there where you can set the race length for full NASCAR length. So, you know, normally when you're playing with your friends, a race is like 10, 15 laps. But you can set it so it's a 500-lap race. And I was like, man, I can't wait to get to do that. And so one afternoon, my parents were off working. It was just my brother and I. I stole the TV from my brother and played a race on 100% NASCAR length. And it was three hours long, but I won the race. But I got to the end of that race, and I was like, man... I totally wasted three hours. Like, I got nothing out of this. What? Like, is this really going to impress anybody or do me any good? And I was kind of ashamed of myself. And I wish I'd learned my lesson that day, but I didn't. Uh, because uh, about a year later, there came out a game called Final Fantasy VII. If you're not familiar with Final Fantasy VII, it's a role-playing game which is kind of like a movie where you control the actions of the characters. And it is like a black hole for time. Like, it just sucks time in and sucks time in and sucks time in. And none of it ever comes back. And it keeps track of how long you've been playing. And by the time I beat that game, I had put in that it had tracked 84 hours into this game. And that doesn't include all the times I died and had to go back to the last save point and start over. So I spent over 100 hours from the time I was 15 till 16 playing this game and finally beating it. And the same thing happened at the end. I was like, what have I done over this 100 hours? Like, it's not really that impressive. I beat a video game. Man, that was not a wise use of my time. There are so many better things I could have been doing when I was 15 or 16, like You know, I could have been lifting weights and working out so I got better at athletics. I could have been studying and doing my homework so that my grades were better. Like, there was all this better stuff. I could have become better, you know, had better friends and made more friends and um, all that kind of stuff. There were so many better things I could have done with my time. Like, I wish I could go back and tell my 15-year-old self, don't buy that game. It's not going to be a wise use of your time. Of course, I can't do that. But I I bring up that illustration because we all have that thing in our lives. We all have that video game. Maybe it's not a video game for you. Maybe it's Facebook or maybe it's a series of books or, um, you know, there's something that you just spend a whole lot of time on that's really not that productive and it doesn't actually do much for you in the end, all right? It's not a wise use of your time. The reason I bring that up is because we are called to use our time wisely. We need to use our time wisely because it's in here. And in fact, the scripture we're going to hit today explicitly says it. Let's go to Ephesians 5, 
15 through 21. It's Ephesians 5, 15 through 21. There should be a Bible at your chair, but it'll also be here on the screen. If you're using one of the Bibles on the chair, it's page 635. Look carefully, then, how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise, making the best use of the time, because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. And do not get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit, addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. Singing and making melody to the Lord with your heart, giving thanks always and for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. Okay, so right there, we see it, plain as day, that we are called to walk, not unwisely, but wisely, and to make the most of our time. And I want to set a little bit the background of this passage This passage, all of chapter 5 really, is coming out of the fact that we are now children of God. We have been saved through faith in Jesus Christ, and we are now children of God. And as such, we're called to walk differently is the language that's used. And of course, that just really means we're called to live our lives differently. And we are called in this case to live our lives making the most of the time that we've been given. And it gives a very compelling reason there. The reason is because the days are evil, it told us. The days are evil. The days were evil then. Uh, Christians were constantly in fear of their lives. Their lives were on the line simply by being a Christian then. The days were evil to them, but they're evil to us as well. If you look at the news, it's not hard to see this. ISIS, right, on the news every day. They are doing something new. They are doing something horrific. They are killing people for their religion. They are enslaving people. They are sexually enslaving people. It's terrible. And you can look at that and easily say, hey, the days are evil. But the days aren't just evil in some far-off land. The days are evil here and now in our culture. Uh, recently, I'm sure you've seen that the videos of Planned Parenthood have come out where the, the parts of these aborted babies are being sold. And that's evil in and of itself. Like, that is, is terrible. The most defenseless being, an unborn child, is killed while it's in its mother's womb. That is evil. But what's also evil has been the reaction to it. Have you seen people? They still defend it. They still say this is good and this is right, and it is not. The days we live in are evil, and because of that, we need to act wisely. We have to act wisely. And so this scripture really laid out what it looks like for us to act wisely. Right after it says that, it says, Do not be foolish. Don't be foolish. Instead, understand what the will of the Lord is. Now, real quick, I want to talk about this will of the Lord, because a lot of times we think about the will of God as being some big abstract thing that we can't possibly understand. And sometimes that's true. 
Like, we're not always going to know what God's will is big picture. We can definitely know what God's will is in certain circumstances and in our day-to-day lives. In fact, he's laid out his will for us in our day-to-day lives in the Bible. I don't know how much you've read it lately. I hope it's a lot. But as you read through it, you're like, man, this is so applicable to what I'm going through right now. I can see that through this, I know what God wants me to do in this situation or that situation because of the words that I've read in my Bible. And so the first point I want to say about using our time wisely is the wisest use of your time you can have is time with God in His Word and in prayer. It's thing number one you can do to use your time wisely. Be in the Bible, reading it, meditating on it, and be in prayer. Let it change you. You will know what God's will is. So let me give you an example of how this might work. Maybe you have a coworker that you really don't like. Like You guys really don't get along. In fact, they do everything they can to sabotage you. Okay, if we work, I've worked with people like this. I'm sure you guys have as well. Okay, in that case, you want to know what God's will is? You can go to his Bible, and the Bible tells us things like, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. There's something right there. You can love that person who is clearly, has made it clear that they're your enemy. They're doing what they can to harm you. You can still love them. You can pray for them. Okay? The Bible tells us don't return evil for evil. So it's not God's will that if someone is evil towards you, that you're evil back to them. No, instead we should be doing good towards them. We should be doing the opposite of that. So you see, like I said, that maybe that's not a whole big picture. We don't understand you know, what God is doing behind the scenes. But we can see here, we can understand what God's will is through time, in His Word, and in prayer. came across a great quote um, from Matthew Henry in his commentary on this passage. He said, Our time is a talent given to us by God for some good end. And it is misspent and lost when it is not employed according to His design. So it is so important that we know what His design is and that we use our time and act accordingly. So that's thing number one that we're going to do to use our time wisely. We are going to use our time to read God's Word and be in prayer. Secondly, it gives us a, a, another don't do this, but do this. Okay, so it says, don't be drunk. Don't be drunk. I think that's probably pretty obvious because none of us have ever heard a story that starts like this. Man, one time I got so wasted that I then did the wisest thing I've ever done in my life. Have you ever heard that story? No, you've never heard that story. I've never heard that story. The story always goes more something like this. Man, I got so wasted one time I totaled my car. Man, I got so wasted one time, I got in a fight and wound up in jail. Man, I got so wasted one time, I cheated on my spouse. Man, I got so wasted, you can fill in the blank. That's how those stories go. We are not going to act wisely when we are drunk. That's not going to happen. 
And it caused drunkenness, debauchery. In other words, that you're just taking in, you're filling yourself with all these other things. You can, you know, debauchery doesn't necessarily have to just be drunkenness. You can plug in other things that we use, we fill ourselves with that we should not. Things that are not the Spirit. Because the other side of this is don't be drunk. Instead, be filled with the Spirit. So we are given the Holy Spirit. When we come to faith in Jesus Christ, we are sealed, it said, by the Holy Spirit. We receive this gift. And the Holy Spirit is here to enable us to live a Christian life. That's what enables us to do it. And so we need to be filled with that. And what does a life look like that is filled with the Spirit? Well, the Scriptures tell us that, that when somebody lives their life by the Spirit, they produce what are called the fruits of the Spirit. You know what the fruits of the Spirit are? The things like joy and peace and patience and kindness and forgiveness and self-control. Those are the fruits of the Spirit. And when you see someone living that way, what do you say about how they're using their time? You say, man, that person's using their time wisely. They're being loving towards that other person. That's using their time wisely. They're making peace between people, between themselves and others. That's a wise person. We see they have great self-control. They get done what needs to get done. They don't do things they shouldn't be doing. You look at that person and you say, man, that person is wise. And those are all attributes of a Spirit-filled, a Spirit-led life. And if we're going to do that, we have to go back to point number one, which is we have to be spending time with God in His Word and in prayer. Because you don't, spend, you don't lead a Spirit-filled life when you're filling your mind and you're filling your heart with other things, with worldly things, with riches or uh, with friends, like popularity, that kind of stuff. Or is, in this case here, alcohol or drugs or whatever it is. When you are filling your life with that stuff, you are not going to be able to live a Spirit-filled life. So we have to do that in order to use our time wisely, to use our time effectively. We have to be living Spirit-filled lives. And going back to point number one, in order to do that, we have to be spending time in prayer and in God's Word. There's not a wiser use of your time than that. And then, as we work down in the passage, it comes to this uh, explanation that, of what fellowship looked like. That we should be speaking to each other in psalms, it says, in hymns and in spiritual songs. That that is a wise use of time. Fellowship is a wise use of our time. Uh, now, in most church traditions, we don't speak to each other in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs anymore. Like, that's not what we do. If you ever go to an Anglican service, though, they do this. There will be a reading where they are singing out this call to worship or they are singing out some blessing. And in return, everybody out there sings back. And so there are traditions that carry this on. We're not in them, but I don't want us to get caught up in that. I want us to, get caught, I want us to look at what the point of this is. 
that a wise use of our time is being in fellowship with one another. And it doesn't just happen on Sunday mornings. We're here for what? We're here for an hour and a half. We spend a, you know, maybe 10 to 30 minutes actually talking amongst ourselves. Fellowship needs to go beyond that. It needs to leave the walls of this room. It needs to leave Nazareth Academy. And it needs to pour out into our everyday lives. And you can do this anywhere. Like literally anywhere you are with someone. So Paul, I should have warned you, I'm going to use an example from you and I spending time together ice fishing. So we're out ice fishing a couple winters ago, right? We're out on uh, Dark Hollow Pond over here off 93. And uh, we're waiting for the fish to bite. We're actually having a pretty good day uh, bringing in some fish. But as we're out there talking, we start talking about spiritual matters. We start talking about how God has worked throughout history in the lives of people. And we talk about how He's worked in our lives. And at the end of that fishing, like the fishing was great. Again, there's, there's a good picture of me smiling goofy with the, one of the bigger fish I've ever caught, right? So that was good. But what was even better was I left there built up in my faith because of the time that Paul and I had shared together fellowshipping outside of church, outside of these walls, on our own. That's a wise use of time. Being in fellowship with each other, building each other up. And maybe you're surrounded by people at work who don't believe in Jesus. They don't at all. Well, a wise use of your time can be, can be being intentional with them to share the gospel with them. You know, now, you know, I'm not saying get up, you know, on your desk at work and in your cubicle and start yelling the gospel. That's not what I mean. I mean, be intentional about befriending them and loving them so that you have that space to preach the gospel into their lives. Because if you just get up and start yelling at them, that's not going to be a wise use of your time. Trust me, you'll probably get some stuff thrown at you, some names thrown at you, that kind of stuff. But man, if you invest in their lives... And they know you care about them so that when you are telling them the gospel, they know it is because you love them. That is a wise use of our time. And the scripture tells us that we should be praising God at all times, in everything. There's not a time it says you shouldn't be praising God. It says you should be praising God always. And if we're not, then we're not acting wisely. We're not making the most of the opportunities that we are given. If we're walking around, like, have you ever gotten anything accomplished when you're like that? I don't get anything accomplished when I'm like that. When I start getting down and that's my attitude, I'm, I'm just down and negative and not praising God about things, I get nothing done. And then I get to the end of the day and I'm even more mad because I've got nothing done. Like, Man, I'm such an idiot. Why did I do that? Why was I like that? A quick change to that is to have an attitude of constant thanksgiving towards God. Think about what He has done for us. He has given us His only Son, Jesus, on the cross to die for our sins. We were not worthy of that. We can never be worthy of that. And He gave us Jesus anyway. No matter what we are going through at the time. 
we should still have an attitude of praise and thanksgiving towards God. He's given us so much. We have, most of us, roofs over our head. We have food to eat. We have all that stuff. We should not be shaking our fists at God for anything. He has given us everything we need. Maybe not everything we want, but He has given us everything that we need. And it is an unwise use of our time to grumble about things, but it is a wise use of our time to spend it praising God. Because when you do that, you're going to spend your time wisely in other areas because you're not going to be down in the dumps and turned inside and solemn and all that where you can't get anything done. Instead, you're going to be in a very productive place. So that brings us to our gospel assignment time. So how are we going to really, really, really do this in our lives? So the first thing I want you to do, your gospel assignment number one this week, is I want you to think back over the past week and write down how much time you spent doing different activities. Because whatever your video game is, it's going to show up pretty quick as you do this. Whatever that big time waster is, it's going to show up. So think back over the past week, say, okay, from 6 to 6.45, I was in commute to work. From 6.45 to 3.30, I was at work. You know, and then just keep going and find out where are you using your time unwisely? Where are you using your time on things that really don't matter? That in the end, when you look back, you're going to go, why did I spend so much time on that? Find out what those are. So gospel assignment number one, Evaluate your time. Write it all out over the past week. Find those areas you can improve on. Gospel assignment number two is if you do not have a planner and do not use one, get one. Now, I should have prefaced this whole sermon with I'm basically preaching to myself the whole time. Because I am. I'm preaching to myself the whole time. It is hard for me to do this. And I'm aware some of us are wired uh, in ways where we plan everything out, every last minute of our day is detailed, and some of you are more like me, where that is not the case at all. I'm asking you this week, get a planner, and write down and start planning things out. And the number one thing you're going to put in there is what? Time with God. The first thing I want you to put in that planner is I want you to plan out time, reading the Bible, and in prayer this week. I also want you to plan time to invest in others in that planner. I want you to write it down. Or I know some of you probably use electronic ones. I've got friends who like they punch it in their phone, it goes to their iPad, their computer. When they have an appointment, everything's blowing up. Okay? But uh, you know, if you, you haven't done this before, I really do recommend a written one. All right? Intentionally write time in. Hey, we're going to have we're going to have the Vecchios over for dinner Thursday night, or I'm going to have coffee with this coworker on uh, Wednesday, or I'm going to have lunch with this coworker Thursday. Whatever it is, be intentional, right time to be in fellowship with people. You also need to write down all your obligations. God has given us things like jobs, houses, cars, that we're supposed to be good stewards of and take care of. One of my hardest things to do is get my oil changed on time. Like, Don't do a good job of that. That's not being a good steward of what God has given me, that car. 
So plan out those obligations. Write them down, the things you need to do, and then do them, of course. I'm saying plan all this, but actually keep going back to that planner. Do these things that we're doing, that we're writing down. So God's called you to take care of things. Make sure that those things are getting written down in this planner. And finally, I want you to plan time to rest. Plan time to rest, because we are not made to go 24-7. God, at the very beginning, when he creates everything, what's he do on day seven? He rests, right? God didn't do that for himself, okay? God didn't need to rest in his creation. He's God. He's all-powerful, always willing. He doesn't tire like we do, but we are finite. We tire out. So God put it in there that we should have a day of rest. So plan out that day. What day is that? Saturday, Sunday? Uh, find out whatever day you can do that. And in case you're thinking, oh, but there's so much work I could get done on that day off. Let me stop you for a minute and tell you about some really interesting studies that a friend of mine shared with me. So my friend and I, we both have very busy schedules. Uh, often we work between 50 and 60 and sometimes more hours per week. And he gave, there was a whole bunch of research done that basically once you hit the 50-hour mark of work, your productivity just takes a nosedive. You can't get things done, and what you do get done tends not to be very high quality, so you've got to go back the next week and redo it all anyway. Plus, you're tired. You're just tired, and so you work at a slow pace as you're doing this. Okay, So if you look back through your schedule and you're like, I don't have time for rest, you need to start checking your priorities and go back through that schedule and cross some things off. Because God has called us to rest. It is a wise use of our time to rest so that we can do all those other things. There's a lot of stuff to be done. Our communities are broken. Our neighbors around us are broken. There is so much that needs to be done. But we can't do that if we're just burning the candle at both ends all the time. We end up burning out when that happens. And then we're not any good to ourselves, and we're not any good to those around us. So please, plan a day of rest. And let us be a church who overall uses our time wisely and effectively, that we can look back at the end of our lives and say, you know what we did? We used our time wisely. We used our time to spread the gospel. We used our time to build one another up. We used our time to praise and worship God and bring Him glory. Let us be a church that does that because we are called to it. And God, who is called to do it, has given us everything in His Son, Jesus.